Number one is kind of avoid that familiarity and complacency, right? And you got to build your buyers list. So I prefer the auction. That is the best way. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. This is Todd Toback, and welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. All right, so today I want to start off with some good news. And this comes directly, actually, from some of our Facebook groups. Zachary Sanford says, on deal 16 for the year. I'm a one-man show, two deals in title right now. Biggest wholesale deal of the year, 44 Gs. Come on, great job, Zach. Let's see, I've got Nasheed Allen, six under contract, four pending on pace to have my first 100K month plus two close this month. That is awesome. Let's see, here's my favorite one though. This is from Eric Ruiz, made his first cold call. Oh, you made it happen, taking action. That first step is the hardest. So thank you for sharing, Eric. Really, really appreciate that. So let's jump in to today's show. You know, I talked a lot about having a very thick and robust buyers list. And if you're new to wholesaling or new to real estate investing, one of the ways that we make money in real estate wholesaling is to get a property under contract for below market value and control that property via purchase agreement, right? And then we go and we sell that contract to a cash buyer for as as a high a price as possible. So today's episode was actually inspired by one of my private clients, Chris. And when we first started, I knew I noticed that he was reliant on one or two cash buyers. And he said to me, you know, Todd, I noticed that my cash buyers, you know, they kind of start out good, but then they kind of, you know, start paying less for the properties. And we have this relationship. And, you know, all of a sudden, if I feel like I ask them for more or I make too big of an assignment fee or I make, you know, I stick another buyer into the mix, I, I feel like they're not going to like me anymore and I'm making less money. And so, you know, Chris and I talked about this and we kind of talked about a little bit of his fears and and worries around this. And it really came down to number one, not being liked, right? And number two, destroying that relationship with that buyer. And I've talked about this uh, at length in this podcast. And that is when you are selling a property for your business, you have to look at yourself as a fiduciary of this business, right? You have your personal feelings. And then you have times where you say, hey, you know what? I've got to feed this, this machine, right? That is a blessing to my family. I have to bring in the most revenue possible, right? Within ethics and treating people right. But at the same time, I have to, you know, keep my reputation intact. And so we kind of worked through this. And I said, what if there was a way that you can get top dollar for your properties that you didn't feel like you kind of worked for your cash buyers, (laughs) right? And that actually you'd be looked at more as a professional than uh, as you did before. And he's like, that was great. And so that was the inspiration for this episode. But I want to go into a little bit what happens when you only have one or two cash buyers. And so when you get involved in this business, you know, some people, they start marketing for cash buyers and they usually find one or two that they really resonate with, right? They go out to lunch and maybe the cash buyer buys lunch, you know, puts your arm around you. You guys have a lot in common. And maybe this person has become a little bit of a mentor, 
to you, right? They they look at you and, you know, you're kind of where they want to be. Maybe they're a buy and hold investor or maybe they're fixing and flipping, you know, maybe they're just ahead. And then you kind of look at them as kind of like, you know, the mentor-mentee relationship. And what happens is you start to wholesale deals, right? Maybe you'll make 10, 20, 1,000 on the first one. You'll make 10 or 20,000 on the, on, the, on the second one. And then maybe that third one, you make like $30,000. And the cash buyer sees this. And underneath, the cash buyer is not thrilled. Let's say they fixed and flipped that property and only now made 20,000 and they saw that you made 30,000. Where there's a seed now planted. It's a poisonous seed. And the cash buyer may not say anything, but it starts to sprout and spread. And it's like an apple, one apple spoils the bunch, right? The bruised banana and that bruise just starts to spread with a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit of animosity. And so the next time you come with a property and you have an offer and the cash buyer remembers that, they start to offer a little bit less for the properties, knowing that they are the only game in town. And I can tell you the difference on ten dollars or $15,000 on just a couple of deals a month is, is great, right? If you're doing 20 deals a year, that's $240,000 a year. That goes straight to the bottom line, 240 grand a year. Some people would just kill to make that much in a year from real estate, right? And of course, if you're listening to this podcast, hopefully you're making a lot more than that. But remember, that's just margin, right? So I'm gonna go over things on obviously not only what happens, right? Because this was happening to Chris, maybe it's happening to you. I think it happens a lot to other real estate investors who maybe don't listen to this podcast. Hopefully you do this right from day one. But it's a really interesting time right now because right now cash buyers are starting to leave the market. They're becoming very picky. They're taking less risk. They are you know, paying less for properties. And so now more than ever, you need to really dial in, really, really dial in who your cash buyers are and increase the number and then also create competition. Very, very, very important. And so some of the things that I'm going to talk about today, especially because the change in market, I'm also going to talk about how to avoid cash buyers altogether at the end of this episode. But there are going to be some deals where you need to sell to cash buyers. Okay, so number one thing that you should be doing if you are not listing properties on the multiple listing service is to build up a crop of cash buyers, right? And my favorite way, absolute favorite way, especially in this market, if you want to know who's buying today, right, is go to the real estate auctions. Now, uh, I'd say in about 80% of counties across the town, the auctions are still held in person. Right. So one of my favorite things to do is go down to the county and meet all the cash buyers uh, down there. And what's interesting is I remember when I uh, started doing this, I actually hired someone right away and I hired a college kid. His name was James. Thank you, James, if you're listening to this. And he went down there with an actual clipboard <laughs> and said, hey, are you interested in houses that are you know, 20, 30, 40 percent below market? And he started collecting names from these people at the auction. Now, what was awesome was you know that if they're there and bidding, they're most likely cash buyers, right? They're making it happen. And so if you go there, these are the people who are buying right now, sight unseen. They're not scared of the risk and the, the uh, turbulence in the market. And so they're great cash buyers. So I'm gonna recommend if you can get down to the auction and find those people, it is the best way. I mean, 30 buyers from the auction are better than a thousand buyers from someplace else. So I'd go down there. They're also used to bidding. So go and make that happen. If you want to hire somebody, go. I know that may be scary and out of your comfort zone, but I'm going to tell you, it's super easy. Again, just get a clipboard with a sign-up sheet, get name, phone number, email address, LinkedIn profile, whatever, and collect their information and go. Go down there. Tell them that you're a wholesaler and that you have a house below market and they'll know who you are. Okay, 
The next thing that I'm going to recommend is, by the way, that's the first step. The second thing, though, is that I do recommend that you put properties on the MLS and make sure that you have written permission from the seller to be able to do that. And something that's going to be really important moving forward is some buyers will only buy through a real estate agent. Okay, that's very, very important to know, right? No matter what you do, they won't deal directly with a wholesaler. They don't understand how that works. They want to go with with someone representing them. And so you want to network with the agents who have those cash buyers. So if you list a property on the multiple listing service, and I've talked about this, right? This is where you get a broker to get a property that you have under contract. You're looking to sell this, right? They actually put this on the market before you sell it. Okay, is it's very important that you collect the email addresses and phone numbers of the agents who are calling you. Very, very important, right? The people who are active in today's market. So the agents who are active as they call and they email off a property that you may have, you want to start to collect that information. As soon as somebody submits an offer, okay, boom, you go and reach out and say, hey, listen, I've got off-market properties. Would you be interested, okay, in making some bids on our properties, right? Or bringing your buyers, okay? A portion of them will say yes. A portion of them will say no. Stick with the ones that say yes. Very, very, very important. Also very important is you can pull a list from ListSource, okay? I, I love ListSource. They got cash buyers on there. Go ahead and pull a list from ListSource. You can pull all the cash buyers in your city who have bought in the last 60 days. Now, it's really, really important that you want to refresh that right now because a lot of people aren't buying like they were. So you want to get that list and then you want to send those people a postcard, okay? A postcard saying, hey, I'm a wholesaler in town. And by the way, make this like preferably a handwritten postcard so it really pops. Hey, I saw your house on 1231 Main Street. I saw it. I'm a wholesaler in town. I've got other deals. Call me, right? Send those postcards out. I would do that Every month, by the way, right? Send it month after month after month. It's, it's not a ton, right? Even in a, in a major metropolitan area, but keep those buyers coming in. That's really, really, really important. Right now, the market's changing. And if you had your old cash buyers list, it is time now to refresh, refresh that list, okay? The last thing that I'm going to talk about is maybe you can avoid cash buyers altogether, okay? So I've talked about novations in the past, something that we call an NPA, And it is very, very important in this market, not only to be able to sell to cash buyers, but to sell to retail buyers. Retail buyers will buy higher than a cash buyer because they're not looking to make a a profit. They're looking to live in the property. And so they want to walk into some perceived equity in this market, right? Who doesn't? And so uh, your job now is you can sell directly to a retail buyer. And I've talked about this in other podcast shows, but the need to sell to a cash buyer or I'm sorry, the need to sell to retail buyers in this market has never been more important. So what you can do here is you can get a house on a contract. And if it is financeable, meaning it is livable, it doesn't have to be updated, but it can be livable, right? Think about grandma's house from the 70s, right? Super clean, you know, um, it's in total livable condition, outdated, but good to go, right? A cash buyer is going to pay way less than a retail buyer is. You can actually list that house with a broker if you've got written permission from the seller. You can put that house on the, uh, the, the multiple listing service. You, you get that house under contract, by the way, before you do that. So you get under contract to purchase at a price you know you can make a profit. And then you sell that property to a retail buyer. Now, how do you do that? You actually now put the buyer and seller together, right? In a new contract, that price is going to be higher with that new buyer and the seller is going to see that. And now you now are going to get bought out of the difference, right? You keep the difference between your original contract and that new agreement with that new buyer, all right? You definitely want that in your toolbox. So I'm going to review, and this is going to be very, very important here, okay? 
Number one is uh, the market is changing, okay, period. So you better refresh that cash buyer list. But, you know, when Chris had that, the purpose of this podcast is to learn from my experience and also my my private client's experiences that Chris was struggling, his buyers were paying less, you know, they kind of felt like they had the big brother, little brother syndrome. And so it's really important to avoid that mentor-mentee relationship. It's where you create equals, okay? I know sometimes it's easy to do business with these people because you know, like, and trust them, but you've got to get out of your comfort zone, okay, if you're going to have a nice profitable business. Their offers are going to start to come down. You need to know that they're not the only game in town. (laughs) That rhyme was not intentional, by the way. So here's what to do about it. Number one is kind of avoid that familiarity and complacency, right? And you got to build your buyers list. So I prefer the auction. That is the best way to do that. You can send somebody else down there or you can do it. By the way, you can pay per lead. I highly recommend paying per lead. I remember when I sent James down there, I talked about that. I think I gave him like $20 per cash buyer. He came back and I paid him like 350 bucks and it was the best investment that I've ever made. (laughs) Uh, From that list, I made millions. I suggest listing houses on the MLS to get buyers and you want to start keeping the agent's names who submit offers. You also can network with other cash buyers, cash buyers who uh, are reselling their properties. And you could say, hey, listen, let me put together uh, a list of all these people and I will share the list with you, right? Kind of do a deal where you join venture with someone who has properties and offer to capture those names, offer to call all of the agents and build a relationship and then share that list with another seller, right? Maybe some kind of um, someone who's wholetailing, meaning they have access to cash properties that they're already putting on the MLS. But you are, again, trying to keep those email addresses of real estate agents who are submitting offers. Third is uh, list source, is you want to be reaching out to buyers on list source. And you can actually get cash buyers who are buying right now in your market in the last 60 days. So if you already have that, I would refresh that, right? Check that out the last 60 days and then start mailing these people. You can also cold call them and find out if they're buying right now in this market. You've got to build your own buyers. Lastly, okay, is don't forget about novating these, right? We do a novations a special way. We call them an NPA agreements, net proceeds agreements. And what we do is we actually now are selling properties that are financeable to retail buyers. So we go on a contract to purchase. We then now put them on the market with a broker before we close. We get an offer. We then go back and we basically have the, we put the buyer and seller together. They now do a new agreement together. And the seller buys us out for the original difference between our original agreed upon price and the sellers and and the new buyers purchase price. There's a gap there, right? Yes, the seller understands we're making a profit, right? Yes, they're okay with it because we are offering some convenience there. So very, very, very important. By the way, if you want to know more about actually how to use these net proceeds agreement, these novations, head on over to nolimitsrealestateinvesting.com forward slash DTR. nolimitsrealestateinvesting.com forward slash DTR. So I hope you got a lot out of today's episode. Go out there, make some money, and I will talk to you on the next episode. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.